Good morning, folks. I hope you are all doing well. I had spoken recently on some of the messages that I'd received when reading through Romans 8, the whole idea of living by the Spirit. What does that mean? And I wanted to continue uh, looking through what Romans 8 talks of to us about this whole idea of how our lives are being transformed because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I want to start off with verse 14. I'll read verse 14 just so that you get an idea of what we're talking about. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again, rather that the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Now, over the years, uh, I've spoken quite a lot about the Father Heart of God, and uh, it's always been something that's very precious to me because of what the Father Heart of God has done in my life. It's transformed me tremendously. But I want to just take out from what Paul's saying here is that one of the aspects of living by the Spirit, and I talked about last time where we start off before the cross living in a sense of fear, living by a sense of shame, living under a sense of what Paul talks about, the flesh. And now because of believing in Jesus' cross, we're transformed to a place of living by the Spirit. One of the aspects of that is the Spirit inside of us groans out that connection of who we are now. We have been transformed into a position, into a place. And that place is that we are now sons and daughters of a father who absolutely loves us. And that, that, that sense of adoption, one of the things that adoption is, is coming from one place, being an outsider into a place where now you have benefits that you no longer had before. Once we were alienated, but now as a result of believing in Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross, the barrier of sin between us has been broken. That wall that kept us separate from the love of the Father is now being broken. And so we can make that connection. And so the Holy Spirit in Ida, it guides us to the full realisation, the full revelation of what it actually means that we are sons and daughters of a loving Father. That's an aspect of what Paul's trying to talk about by this whole essence of what he means by living by the Spirit. It's interesting, Paul goes on and he looks on the next one, verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Our present sufferings. Now, if you look at anything that Paul talks about, there's quite a lot of things that happened to Paul over his life. He was shipwrecked, he was beaten up. There was lots and lots of things that happened to him, all for the fact that he was a, uh, a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't think any of us have been anywhere near close to the things that happened to Paul. But one of the things that we need to realise is that everything that we go through, everything that we go through can be transformed, changed. I'll get to that a little bit later. Paul talks, our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Paul's saying here that, yes, I'm going through sufferings, I'm going through some hardships, but the overwhelming sense of what God's doing within me, the overwhelming sense of the glory of God 
transform me into something different is far greater than the sufferings that he's going through. And then he talks about this whole thing, which is so interesting about this idea of creation. Creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Now, we know looking at creation, it's just amazing. Unfortunately, there are things and aspects where as stewards of this earth, we haven't done a, such a good job. And there are some things where we've destroyed creation. But there is an essence locked inside creation, eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected to it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Even creation is waiting, expecting us to step in and live in our new adopted state of children of God. I want to go on to uh, verse 26. Verse 26 was a, a scripture that God spoke to me probably in the first year I was saved. For whatever reason, God really wanted me to hold on to this particular verse. And it's always been a verse that just keeps coming back to me again and again and again. And as I've been transformed, I've understood more about who the Father heart of God is. I've understood more about the nature of God and who I am in him. This verse has changed and it's become such a crucial verse for me. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purposes. Now, I know I've been called. I know I've been called because God's spoken to me and he continues to speak to me. But the hope that I have is that in everything I face, God can change and transform and turn something into good. Does that mean my life is free from suffering? No, it doesn't. Does that my, mean my life is free from pain? No, it's not. And I strongly believe that God does not give me sicknesses or, or any sort of negative influence to teach me a lesson. I don't believe that for one second. But I do believe that God can change what the enemy has meant to attack me and destroy me. Um, John 10, the, the devil comes to steal, lie and destroy. But Jesus Christ came to give life an abundant life. The whole thing that what Paul's saying here is that God can turn any situation around so that it comes out to the good for those who live and follow him. That's good news. That's amazing news that no matter what situation the enemy throws at us, God's going to engineer and turn it around so that he gets the glory. We come up, we are transformed, we become better people, we become more lovers of God, we become more knowledge about who he is. That's amazing that no matter what happens. Why? Because we're simply his children, we're his sons and daughters, and he is a father who loves and abodes on us. He wants to speak into us. So if we continue on and we read through this whole thing and we get to verse 31 what then shall we say in response to these things if god is for us who can be against us if god is on our side and god's going to transform everything that happens to us to good who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all 
how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? He's going to be the one who's going to provide for us. Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. We've got this amazing interceder, much I suppose better than the, I suppose us humans, is the top notch. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, no. In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I read on. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. I remember a revelation one time that God spoke to me about this particular verse. The idea that God showed me was like a waterfall. A waterfall doesn't stop. It just keeps pouring out water and water over. And one of the things God spoke to me was that I had a choice. I could step underneath the waterfall of God's love that's never, never going to stop, or I can step out of that. As I step out of God's love, it does not mean that God's love is not for me. It's still pouring out. Whether I choose to receive God's love, that's my choice or not. We all have a choice. And what I felt was that there's nothing that can separate us, not sickness, not the devil. The idea that the devil can stop the love of God is just ridiculous. Like, no, no, the devil's not that powerful. The love of God is over to overcome all fear. If it can overcome fear, it can overcome anything the devil puts at us. The heart of the Father is to pour out love on us. And what Paul's saying here is, There's nothing that's going to get in the way of the Father pouring out his love on us. And if I link back to what I spoke about recently about living in the Spirit, to sum up this idea, there is Paul's idea of living by the Spirit. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of the Father. It is absolutely boundless, endless love that God wants to. Why? Because We have chosen to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, we're transformed into a place of sonship, to a place of daughtership. And as a result of that, we are more than conquerors. There's nothing that's going to separate us from the love of God. So I want to leave you today thinking about that whole idea, about the position you now have. And in the current circumstances that we have, what does that mean for you? as a son, as a daughter of God, where the love of God has no barriers, where the love of God can come into your life, where every situation you face can be changed, engineered for the good of God and for the good of all of us. That's what Paul wants to talk to us about in this section of Romans. It's such a crucial thing. So I hope you've had something that God has spoken to you today. I hope that God speaks to you continuously and reveals to you who he is and what it means to be a son and daughter of God. Bless you, folks.